Salam from Center City. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 3rd of November 2022, a quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. The Ethiopian Orthodox Church's television revealed on Monday the 31st that a deacon had been murdered and 11 more had been abducted on Saturday the 29th at St. Mary's Church in the city of Gubro-Guracha in the North Shewa Zone in the Oromia region. The church reported via its verified social media account that its members repeatedly informed law enforcement of security threats. The manager of the North Shewa Selale, diocese father Shefera, said he had informed the zone's administration and officers of these same security threats, and even though the army has a camp near the area, they failed to keep the area safe. Entities responsible for the attack have not been identified. Talks between the federal government and the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, continued this week even though they were set to end by Sunday the 30th. There was little to no news to report on the matter as the negotiation was taking place behind closed doors. Despite the lack of information on the negotiation, China's Global Television Network, or CGTN, got a scoop from the prime minister himself. Abi told CGTN that there's gross intervention from outside forces in the peace process. He added that the federal government's negotiating team is trying to convince the TPLF to respect the constitution and integrate as a regional state. He concluded that if the TPLF decides to respect the law and abide by its own constitution, peace will prevail soon. It seems like the influence Prime Minister Abiy mentioned largely comes from the U.S. On Monday the 31st, Ned Price, the spokesperson of the State Department, issued a statement about the negotiations. He said that Mike Hammer, the U.S. Special Envoy of the Horn of Africa, is a participant and an observant and will continue in this position. Price added that the extended time of the peace talks showed the party's divergent stance, but the fact that they stayed proved their willingness to talk. The negotiation finally ended on Wednesday the 2nd, and an agreement long overdue has been reached. To the relief of almost all Ethiopians and the international community, the TPLF and the federal government agreed to permanently cease hostilities and lay down arms. The main facilitator of the negotiation, former Nigeria President Elusagan Orsimbarja, held a press release on Wednesday to break the great news. The agreement was signed by Redwan Hussein, the Prime Minister's National Security Advisor, and Getachu Reda, the TPLF spokesman. As per the agreement, the TPLF and the federal government will immediately put an end to the conflict permanently, allow unhindered humanitarian access, ensure the security of civilians, and restore essential services. Speaking of essential services, after months of not having electricity because of the war, the power is back on again on the bordering parts of the Amara region. The Ethiopian Electric Utility said on Monday the 31st that the power in Alamada, Koram, and Koba cities now works properly after the company repaired the Waldia Alamada electric transmission line. Going back to the agreement for a minute, activist-turned-politician Jawar Mohammed, who's currently working as deputy chairman of the Oromo Federalist Congress, weighed in on the agreement. 
He said that it is encouraged and should be implemented immediately. Jawar urged the government to repeat these efforts in the Oromia region as well as other parts of the country and thanked the negotiation teams and thanked the negotiating teams, AU's facilitators, observers, and the host country, South Africa. But it's not all good news in the North. The International Red Cross Committee, or ICRC, ambulance driver Mungist Minyil was murdered on Friday the 28th. Mungist was driving an ambulance transferring injured people from Adwa to the Walkite Hospital when he was shot. The injured passengers were also killed. The ICRC expressed its grief, denounced the attack, and called on responsible entities to allow the committee's workers and volunteers to work safely. Martin Griffiths, the UN Humanitarian Affairs Assistant Secretary and Emergency Support Coordinator, called the attack horrific and expressed his condolences to the ICRC's employees in Ethiopia and abroad. Moving on, the European Union shared a post on Facebook that, among other things, accused the Ethiopian and Eritrean governments of committing a genocide in Tigray. The shared post was on the EU's page for about 25 minutes, then the EU took the post down and said that the account was hacked. Some Ethiopians believe that the EU and other prominent members of the international community are on the TPLF side, and this incident might have fueled that conception, even if the EU claims it was hacked. Still, the EU wasn't the only victim of hackers. The official Facebook page of the Ethiopian Airlines was also hacked. However, the company quickly cooperated with Meta, Facebook's parent company, to resolve the issue. Besides, the airline was in the news again as it revealed that its new e-commerce cargo center will be open for business soon. Jermo Wake, the airline's board chairman, said that the center is being built on 15,000 square meters of land, which will cost the company 15 million U.S. dollars and is predicted to start operations in mid-2023. More news on the aviation industry as the 13th Private Air Transport Service Providing Company obtained its license from the Ethiopian Civil Aviation Authority. Gold Star Aviation is the latest private airline and is owned by renowned businessman Worku Itenu. His first name, Worku, literally means gold in Amharic. His new company got registered after going through five standard phases set by the Civil War Aviation Authority. On to some tech news, Ethio Telecom has rolled out 5G data services in yet another city. On Wednesday the 2nd, the company held a launch event in Adama, Oromia, a city located just outside the capital. Frehiwat Tamiru, the company's CEO, said that they have launched 5G mobile service in the city at six mobile stations on a pre-commercial level. The company says the service's launch is an important milestone in achieving the vision of making Adama a smart city. Recall that Ethio Telecom launched 5G in Addis back in May. Ethio Telecom has also started restoring essential services in war-stricken areas. Its CEO said that lines in Kobo and Robit have been repaired and telecom services are running. Frehuat added that lines in other cities close to conflict zones will be repaired in due time. 
Meanwhile, the company revealed that there will be interruptions in the internet service it provides as there have been issues with its high bandwidth carrying cables. The company added that there can also be issues with the speed and that it is working with professionals to continue services as normal. Awash Insurance has decided to raise its 1.2 billion beer capital to 4 billion. That is from 24 to 80 million U.S. dollars. The company made the decision at a shareholders meeting on Wednesday the 2nd. The company has revealed that it has ranked in a net profit of more than 300 million beer or 6 million U.S. dollars. Awash Insurance has also announced a new brand identity, changed its logo, and renamed the firm. And to close this edition, if you're in the fashion business or you're just a fashion enthusiast, then you'll be excited to attend the 8th Africa Sourcing and Fashion Week. The event is going to be held at the Skylight Hotel from Friday the 4th to Monday the 7th. And that's it for this week. A couple of weeks ago, we mentioned that we were looking for knowledgeable, interesting volunteers that wanted to have some special conversations like interviews, but less interviewee about Ethiopia. Well, it's not too late. If you're interested in maybe being involved, just let us know at Ethiopia at Rorschach.com. That's R-O-R-S-H-O-K dot com. Ciao.